right, let me bring down that saucy music. Hello, and welcome to the Lehigh Valley with Love podcast. We're going live tonight. I'm your host, George Wacker. We've got quite the group. I hope you guys are excited. I am. Uh, as we talk about the upcoming Lehigh Valley Book Festival taking place on Saturday, March 3rd. I'm sorry, Saturday, March 26th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Bethlehem Area Public Library. In fact, you can see it right there on your screen. Tonight, we have, and you're bringing these people in one by one as we go. Kirsten Hess, owner of Let's Play Books in Easton and uh, founder or, or part of the El, uh, Lehigh Valley Book Festival. Josh Burke, Executive Director of Bethlehem Area Public Library. Paul Akimpora, who writes novels and short stories for young readers. Gina Loveless, who is the author of the Diary of Fifth Grade Outlaw series and pens profiles and pieces on mental health for men's health. And Jordan Sonnenbleck. Jordan now spends much of the year visiting schools around the country and the world, conducting writing workshops and sharing his love for the written, written word. And he's also a pirate, I just learned. So we're going to get more into that. Let me get this out of here. I want to thank you, uh, everybody, for for joining us tonight to talk about the, the Lehigh Valley Book Festival. This is a lot of fun. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful day. I got my windows open. Uh, so thank you guys for joining us. Thanks thank for having you. us. Thanks for Love it. So, Kirsten, I want to start with you because we are talking about the Lehigh Valley Book Festival that's taking place on March 26th. We haven't had a lot of events in the last two years, and I know that March 2020 was when you kind of got the news that that festival wasn't taking place. Can you talk about just from the beginning, where did the Lehigh Valley Book Festival idea uh, come from? And then sure. talk about the last two years. Oh, so much, right? Yeah, the Lehigh Valley Book Festival, the inaugural festival was supposed to be in March of 2020, the last weekend. Josh Burke and I worked out the last weekend in March for five years in a row. It just sounded so great. And then two weeks before, we had to say, no, thank you. No more events. Um, and that, that was a three-day event. We had Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We had events at uh, PBS and ArtsQuest, and we had, of course, at the library, but also places like in Emmaus and Allentown. So it was like going to be everywhere, and it was really going to be awesome. But that's okay because we're here, we're safe, we're healthy, and we had a good time rolling with the punches. And the festival itself was just kind of a brainchild of pretty much everybody on the stage here. I mean, every author knows all sorts of things about festivals. My background's in major event planning. And so ever since I opened a store in Emmaus, um, I've wanted to do this. And I never had the ability to do it until I had a partner in crime, which is Josh Burke. Because <laughs> without the Bethlehem Public Library, we wouldn't have kind of a home base. And that is like the most beautiful library, and it's awesome. And really how fun. does it feel, and even Josh, you can talk about it. How does it feel to have a a live event again, you know, with that energy where you don't have to take as many precautions as maybe in the last couple of years? How does that feel to have it back on campus? Oh, it's great. We're excited. Um, you know, we have been doing a lot of renovations at the library since I've been there. And um, we finished our big meeting room, which is the Cohen room, named for our old friend Bob Cohen. Look, there's my dog. And then um, we... Uh, the Cohen room opened like right before, which is a big multi-purpose meeting room with like a, uh, just all about having large events. We had one event there with, with um, Kirsten or two maybe small events. And then it was March. And then, um, you know, but it, it, it's been my um, intention since we started renovating to make a uh, real committed effort to the library as a, uh, you know, as a venue, like as a place where we can have big events and, parties and concerts and author signings of course you want to be like the center of the literary world as best we can in the, in the valley and so you know and kirsten throws a great event uh, her store like it always looks awesome uh, little, little. she has authors in like it's so it's just the best place to visit and so we thought we could do that on a big scale we have the space and she has the smarts so uh you know and I know a lot of authors that I do. I mean, there are some incredibly talented authors and you almost can't believe how many of these folks are known nationally and internationally. 
um, who all just live like around the corner, and it's sure. kind of some, some below us. Right some of them are right here. Some of them are literally. Let's bring them into the conversation. Any and to, and to anybody, uh, any of the authors here, how does it feel for you to be a part of a in person, you know, thing again? That I mean, I'm the most excited about that because I'm a. Uh, it's like uh, I feel like most authors aren't this way, but I'm a very extroverted person, and so the introverted nature of being a writer, just having to sit in a room for me, it has to be a quiet room, an incredibly quiet room, <laughs> to get writing done is the hard part of the job, and then the part that I love is like meeting kids specifically for um, my books and like getting a chance to actually talk to them in person and hear what they have to say, see their energy and their excitement on their faces. Like that was fun with Zoom, but it definitely wasn't the same as doing an in-person event. And I'm just like, I'm so excited to be able to start to do that again. So. Yeah, I, I would say, I think the thing I really missed, and this sounds trivial, but it's not, <clears throat> is like, the goofy little interactions you have with kids like right before an assembly or right after an assembly or, you know, a kid stops you in the hallway to say, you know, my friend uh, cried reading your book and he thinks he's big and macho, but he cried reading your book. And, you know, like these little these little moments and uh, Zoom is, is the best we could do with what we had. But, you know, I, I think it's true. Sort of what Gina said, like, I you know, I pictured when you said the thing about writing in a quiet place, like you're sitting in like this you know, the clean room at NASA or something, right? It's all white and there's like <laughs> vacuums everywhere sucking the stuff out of the air and you're in this like vacuum chamber. That's what it's like when you're doing the writing part of writing. And I think a lot of us are kind of like bursting at the bit to burst out of that. Once we've written a book, it's like, okay, I wrote this. And we're like puppy dogs, like waiting at the dwarf to be let out. You know, we're like, okay, now I wrote a book. Now I get to go play. And there was nowhere to play, right? So I am thrilled because I am a complete spastic 12 year old um and so i'm thrilled to be, be back and paul do you, do you feel the same way I, I, oh my gosh yeah i just did my first school visit this past week and in, in a long long time and equally exciting uh kirsten hosted a book launch for my new book this week uh, in emmaus at the store in emmaus and a little girl came up afterwards and she said uh can can i give you a hug and yeah. you know yeah wait yes <laughs> so uh, that's just not possible unless you're actually present and uh, yeah. so this has okay. been a, a just a great joy to be back back in the world and back with uh, at the bookstore at let's play books back in the libraries back in the classrooms uh because gene is right you have to spend a lot of time by yourself to make these things and you want to share them yeah and how uh, to the authors again how was maybe your creativity was it any different during that time period? It seems like you had just said it's good to be in that hermetically, her, hermetically sealed yeah. room, right? Um, but maybe if you're in there for too long, it might not be a good thing. So how is that for your creativity mm -hmm. over the last few years? Yeah. I, oh, go ahead, Jordan. No, go ahead, Gina. Okay. Uh, at first, for me, it was like, ooh, now I have only time to create and like okay this is going to be fantastic like i don't I, I i don't have the um busyness of seeing people to get in the way of being able to get stuff done because for me especially like i get on a tan like i start to go and then i just keep going and i can just like get a lot done and then about month four or five hit and it started all petering out for me like personally like all the work that i had been like rushing to get done was suddenly all gone and i mean i'm always like you know about four or five projects on the back burner at one time and i still was like out of things to do and um i i really suffered personally like my mental health dove to a bad place um and um but at the same time, like that, I don't know, I guess the writer in me was like, this is an opportunity to turn this into a book. And so like, <laughs> I ended up like later, um, you know, I started going on walks more purposefully with my dog and um, started journaling about those walks. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, well, this could actually be something that a lot of people could relate to is the, the isolation that was happening during this time and then how little things that started to open back up, but at the same time, little things in your own life that you could like attach yourself to like Zoom calls, 
became something that was like a weekly thing for me. And I started doing something that I never did before because I am the type that needed it quiet and nothing to write. I started doing writing sprints with friends over Zoom where we both show up and um, we both mute at the same time. And then we like, if it's seven o'clock, we'll hit back at 7.20 and then we'll talk about what we just wrote and stuff like that. And then we'll get back to it. And I would have never done that if it weren't for the isolation of COVID and stuff. I never would have done this without for, you know, the isolation. (laughs) Can you, Jordan or or Paul, can you talk to to some of that as well? Yeah, go ahead, Jordan. Oh, okay. So absolutely like, I had a really interesting beginning of COVID um, because, you know, the outbreak started in America in Boston at a biotech conference. Um, mm-hmm. And my daughter goes to college in Boston and her roommate's dad was a, was a panelist at that conference. Um, and so he was a great biotechnology innovator in getting COVID uh-huh. uh, very early on and giving it to his daughter who gave it to my daughter's other roommate. And then I picked my daughter up and we knew that it was like, we didn't know that they had COVID, but we knew that they had had some weird coughing disease for like, you know, mm-hmm. seven days. And this was before anyone knew that like singing is the worst thing you could possibly do if you're in a small space with COVID. Right. So my daughter and I, I drove her home from Boston and we sang, you know, along with the radio for six hours straight singing harmonies. And then five days later, she woke up with a fever. Mm-hmm. 10 days later, I woke up with a fever, um, lost my sense of smell. It's still all messed up. And then I slept the entire month of, of April of 2020. And then I woke up in the beginning of May and I was like, holy crap, I owe my editor a book. Um, and so <laughs> I was like, going to write about, no one knows how to write about COVID. And I think this is something that authors have been talking about. No one knows how to write about this COVID time. Like I couldn't predict forward in 2020, how it was going to end, what it was going to look like. What do I write about? How do I write about the present? So fortunately the book I had written just before that, um, that hadn't come out yet was a memoir of my own fourth grade year, which clearly was way before COVID. Right. So then I sat down and in a month I wrote the sequel, uh, which was coming out in the boy who fell dodgeball. Um, and it's it's a memoir of the past. So I was very lucky. It allowed me to avoid all the like, how do you write about covid when no one knows how it's going to end? Um, so in a way, I was very unlucky because like it's, it would have been nice to still have a sense of smell. Um, but well, do you not have that back? You don't have that back yet? I have like a weird mutated sense of smell now. Yeah. So I'll smell like terrible smells that aren't there. And then I'll have to be my wife like, is there something terrible? Or the opposite, like something will literally be on fire in my kitchen when I'm cooking. And, you know, my, my early on, my daughter came running downstairs and she was like, dad, uh, something's on fire. And I was like, oh, wow. It's good that someone told me that because I can't smell it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's weird. There's smoke everywhere. That's a good clue. Um, but yeah, so I mean, compared to what a lot of other people have gone through, right. that part wasn't, sure. you know, uh, you know, we've lost family members and stuff like that, which was obviously much more serious. But the big thing was figuring out, like, how do you approach this new reality? And I haven't even done that yet because I'm just writing memoirs because I, uh, it's a struggle figuring out how to approach well, this. I mean, you have, you have to digest this, too. And we haven't, we, I mean, hopefully we're kind of at this end period. I mean, it's still always going to be around, but we haven't really had time to digest mm-hmm. that period. Kirsten and Josh, can you talk to maybe your interaction with, with authors as well during this time period? Did, did I mean, I'm not sure exactly how you work in that space, but was it, was it different for you? Did you encounter different things? Oh, extremely so. The whole publishing industry didn't know what to do because they had all of these books authors that have written books and no way to get them into the hands of people because the reality is is that a lot of people don't buy books necessarily at independent bookstores or even barnes and noble they'll buy them on like amazon but they see and hear about them word of mouth from librarians libraries teachers bookstore owners And there was none of that anymore. And so all of a sudden the whole industry said, what are we going to do? You know? And um, that's one of the reasons why like this festival, even though it's 2022, it's trying to incorporate books and authors that had what they call front list books in 2021. Yeah. Attention. 2020 didn't get the attention, 2021 didn't get the attention. Um, we held a book festival online, but it was six weeks long and we did four programs a week. And, and let's be honest, like even even this, it's it's great, but you really can't replace that feeling of being, especially with children, I would imagine for the author, like 
to yeah. have your your to have children around you who are appreciating your work, you know, yeah. that's half the reason you do it, you know. And um Yeah. Actually, can I like say one thing about that? Because it's really particular that just last week we had the book launch for Paul's book. This is in honor of broken. Keep holding that up. Isn't that pretty? I <laughs> love you. this cover. And he has a great story to tell about the cover. Um, <laughs> but I described this book as a as a big hug and that we all kind of needed this right now. And I won't go into specifics, but a family that is dealing with a tragedy that is almost all of us already have heard about it in the Lehigh Valley. It's about as bad as it can be. The family came to this event and this book deals with grief and loss. And this little girl is reading this book now with her mother and that connection, that five minute hug and that conversation that Paul had with her on our two little chairs all by themselves. It was the most the cutest thing ever. You cannot replace that. That That is immeasurable. Yeah, that was a, that was a great gift for me. It was just a beautiful evening. And, um, but I think there's a whole bunch that Kirsten's not saying about the work that she's been doing on behalf of our entire community as a bookstore, as a, as a, as a small business owner, as a citizen. Like you just doubled and tripled and quadrupled down on um, making your business successful, but just like, like deli delivering, like delivering to people's just deliver that crazy system that you put together to, to deliver books nonstop, uh, a six week book festival. Cause you know, you didn't have anything else to do. And, uh, um, and then bringing people in from all over the country and this way of connecting people in a time that I think what you did was just vital to being a community. And that's why the, the independent bookstores matter. And that was happening all over the country. It wasn't just you, but we were just blessed that you're here, yeah. that we could benefit from that. And then as an author that can be plugged into somebody or a community uh, with an anchor, like the library and the bookstore, you're like, oh my goodness. So when people ask me, um, oh, do you ever work with your independent books, you know, your bookseller? I'm like, I survive because of my independent <laughs> books. Like, I really consider uh, what you do, like you're like a partner in, in the making of, of books. And that, that was something that I didn't understand when I first started this. I thought, you know, uh, I would go into uh, some writer's loft somewhere and the world would quiet down while I put beautiful words out of paper it's not like that it's, it's it's sort of like i don't know what it's like it's like getting chased by thieves i don't know what it's like there's no i'm just getting chased i always feel like i'm just getting chased i feel like i'm not getting chased enough so yeah and then and then yeah, it, like throws me a life preserver like grab on and uh, so so yeah the uh, the partnership that and the the support that the independent bookstores especially ours like like Kirsten is instrumental and in why so many uh, authors are in the Lehigh Valley, I think. I, and and it's, that's something that's amazing to me because when you think author, right? When, when we read books with my daughter, I, maybe I'm thinking abstractly, like they they live in New York City. I don't know, right? Mm -hmm. And But you don't, you you are here, you know, you you work with the library and the bookstore, um, like Let's Play Books. Josh, can you talk a little bit about you know, the importance of, the library uh, in that chain as well is having independent local authors and, and providing a space. I know that you've been doing a lot of fun stuff. I can't wait to get into your your studio where, where you were, you know, jamming with, with a band before all this started. You know, there's a lot of exciting things happening in the library. Yeah, we make a lot of music in the basement of the library. And um, we did do a lot of cool, like, virtual stuff. Like, we had some staff yeah. that really jumped in with both feet and trying to make that work. There's actually, it's just like kind of interesting there's like a big study being done about how for kids it's interesting if you're a nerd uh like <laughs> about how like virtual story time uh compares with literacy benefits to in-person story times so like i don't know the outcomes yet because but they reach out to us as part of this uh, study group so mm -hmm. it's interesting to see but um i was gonna say like the what like the virtual festival last year was cool. Like it was yeah. fun. And there were authors that we couldn't have connected with. Some yeah. of them were local. Gina was there, like the uh, launch. Yeah. Uh, 
And but we also had speakers from like all over mm-hmm. and um, people we couldn't have had otherwise. And so I had some people, you know, reach out to me and, and say how much they appreciated that and how much they felt like the library sort of connected them, like what Paul was saying, the bookstore does to a larger community. Um, and you know, I think that was um, all great. But I'm also like, we are. I don't mind being. I don't. I don't. Okay. I don't mind. I don't mind. Right, exactly. If I never, if I don't have to read a story to a camera again, I'll be fine. Sure. With if I can do it in person, I'll be happy. And I mean, that's like you, you adapt, you know. But that it's not ideal. It's nice to be able to. Hey, we can do that. You know, my we can. Grammy can read a story via FaceTime to our daughter, and that's fantastic. But there's something about being in person or even reading, in person reading that book to that that child. I would have to imagine it, it, it's something that would be integral to, to your process as well. Can you talk about that, Jordan? Like what? Um, yeah. I mean, so every one of my books up through, you know, until I wrote these, these two memoirs, every book I've written has been inspired by some kid I knew who was going through some struggle. Um, mm-hmm. And you need to, be with people in order to see what their struggles are, right? So, like, actually, this fall, um, I was I was a middle school teacher in Phillipsburg for years and years before my writing career took off, um, and everyone thought that school visits would take off again this past fall, and then they didn't because the Delta variant happened. Now everyone wiped my calendar clean again, um, and so I said, okay, I'm going to go nuts if I'm in my house, sort of like what, what Gina said, you know. So. Um, I happened to see that a friend of mine was taking us about a, a maternity leave in Phillipsburg High School. So I actually taught 10th grade English from August until January 30th. It was perfect, like a semester. It got I got to spend my days with like, you know, 150 teenagers instead of sitting at home. Um, and part of it was um, that you need to be around people and their stories. And it's, again, it's sort of like at a school visit. It's what kids say before the bell rings to each other. It's what kids, you know, write on the margins of their notebook that you see. It's authentic stuff. Yeah. And and it's it's sort of you have to be in the room where it happens in order to have like the incidental little stuff happen. Um and so yeah, I that was fantastic. And so shout out to anyone from Peberg who's listening because that's really you know in a lot of ways my spiritual homeland but um oh, okay. but went, went undercover for a not quite undercover for a semester but just a, yeah like you, you'll see bits and pieces of them. that's that's amazing did you wear your pirate hat um i did bring my hook to school for something <laughs> um i did all kinds of wacky stuff because that's just who i am as a teacher but yeah like i was really really sad that i was not in school for the ides of march this week because we read julius caesar in the fall and I would have had a freaking field day with the Ides of March. I did do the Ides of November, which, you know, that was when we were reading it. But um, <laughs> I, I really, really very sad that I wasn't there for the Ides of March. I should have just run into my old classroom. And... That's when they killed his dog. It was like a practice run. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> I have to give a shout out to... to... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that I don't have... Um... Gina's most recent book. She wrote a book on puberty. Hold that up. And oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Show Gina on there. You go. Puberty is gross, but also really awesome. We cannot keep this book in the store. And this is an example of a book that every family needs to have because it's rock awesome. But the kids are like afraid to t- look at it in front of the parents. But when the parents go away, they're like, can I have this? I'm like, yeah, put it on the counter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to hijack the conversation, but really quickly, like we watched that Red Panda uh, movie that was mm-hmm. on Disney Plus, and there are some people because it deals with uh, puberty and you know being thirteen and going through that period <laughs> of time. And our daughter's only five, she so she gets the the she loves the imagery of it and all that. But we feel comfortable with it. It's just it's an interesting thing, and 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 you're finding more. Um, I don't know, like there's more. Of that, like uh, Gina, can you talk about that book a little bit? Like what? Oh, sure. And, and yeah, so um, impetus of it was honestly a conversation with a um, former editor, basically saying like, 
because um, I had a background writing like humorous stuff, pitching humorous things to him. And I had been a fact checker with Men's Health Magazine for a few years at that point. And we were talking about ways to combine those kinds of things. And we were saying like that um, a puberty book could use like a new, a really like a revamp. And especially like um, when you, th I always talk about um, Mark Cuban and when he always talks about how there's different kinds of inventions, there's people who create brand new things and then there's people who reinvent the mousetrap. And I feel like this book is the reinventing the mousetrap, but like taking it in a way where it's so much more um, modern now. Um, so <clears throat> the book itself is most, most puberty books, um, will say this is the puberty book for boys and this is the puberty book for girls and one very big defining characteristic with this book is that it's for everyone and and I don't say it's for girls and for boys because even that's limiting terminology mm -hmm. anymore and so we say it's for everyone and it's for um, and there's sections about like mental health there are sections about sleep. Um, a woman that was a, I was in the store because I also was working part-time with Kirsten at the store. And um, a woman who was a children's education um, professor stopped by the store recently and said like, when she saw the mental health section, she was like, I was so happy to see that because I don't, you don't see that in enough in these books and kids are dealing so much with this right now. Um, and there's a section on, I'm just finding the table of contents. There's a section on um, gender expression, gender identity and sexual expression. And the whole book um, does it based on um, assigned sex at birth so that every kid can feel included in the book. Um, and so that, and, and I mean, it doesn't talk to kids talk down to kids it talks with them on their level which i think is like the big thing that has been a reason why kids connect with it so much is that they feel like um i mean i make silly dad jokes in it you know about like there's the fallopian tube not like jimmy fallon not like the <laughs> you know and not like the um oh the falcon millennium falcon you know things like that um and um and at the same time um really just use language that they'll understand and also appreciate and make them feel understood. Because um, the whole, my whole like mission as an author is to help kids feel less alone in the world. And like with this, I, I tried to do that with my fiction primarily, but when this book came around too, I was like, this is really an opportunity to do that as well. So you did it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Very, not only topical, but also we talked about this before we came on about some of the news in other areas of the country where there have been kind of a crackdown and some of those books, maybe, you know, maybe somebody will look at that book and say, Hey, if they're in Texas, they might not, not, not everybody in Texas, of course, but you know what I'm yes. saying. Uh, you know, how, do, how do you feel about that? I'm, I'm sure there, there as an author that has to rub you a certain way, you know, can, can you talk about anything um, in that respect? Yeah, I haven't I haven't personally dealt with it yet. I kind of keep like waiting for the Google alert to show up <laughs> for my favorite well, book. For your book. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and um, I mean, I've gotten its own version of it is that the most liked Amazon review um, of my book is and I can get to it really quickly. Um, it's unfortunate, but it's a one star review that talks about how um, gender is not a choice. And I jumped straight to the chapter about gender and it talks about the choice to choose a gender or not. And I just remember the first time that popped up, I just thought I specifically wrote this book for kids of like parents like yours, because they're obviously not going to get that resource in the house. And so thank goodness that they're going to have an opportunity to learn about it somewhere safe. And and in the book, we talk about how sometimes per parents and guardians aren't the safe person that you can talk to about it, that there are other uh, mm -hmm. um, adults of choice that you might be able to talk about it with and how like, I don't know. So for so, me, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Is it just me or well, like, you're like a little proud when you end up on those lists? Yeah. I, I, would, I mean, you, you say there's that one star, right? But it. Like every other every other review on there is like four or five stars, so it, it stands out that these people are saying like they're they're mad because it is telling right. something that yeah. 
Well, the only people that put one stars on Amazon are people that never read the book in the first place. Right. Yeah. Although, this should cheer you up, Gina. I saw something uh, a long time ago, but it, it stuck with me. The books that become huge breakout bestsellers aren't the books that have all five-star reviews. They're books that have a mixture of five-star reviews and one-star reviews because they're the ones that, that cause people to talk. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, like, the huge breakout books have the one-star reviews. So I hope that, you know works for you because that's, that's <laughs> yeah. right otherwise there's someone in texas drawing up a bill saying if you know someone who's experiencing puberty you can sue them yeah puberty yeah. and uh... my uh my friend and co-author sandra mitchell i wrote two books with her uh she texted me and she said i'm on that list twice oh wow <laughs> that oh, texas, really? there's a, and i wrote back i said that's not nearly enough <laughs> they, <laughs> must <not> have, <laughs> water, right? they must not have right. read your other books it'd be way more than two but uh, I was, I mean, I don't know. I was like, you should be proud. Like, if those people are unhappy mm -hmm. with what you're doing, you're doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> if, they, yeah. if those folks love you, then just question what you're doing because they're not wise individuals. So, right. um, I mean, and it's not just Texas. It's, it happens around here all the time. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I'm yeah. picking on yeah. Texas. I know there's a lot of incredibly awesome people in Texas. Oh, of course. But there I just, think, I just Yeah. No, I mean, but it is local. I just think, I mean, it's... Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if Kirsten wants us to get into it, but she's been like really brave about speaking out about oh. issues to the community um, and just not e to my ear, not even controversial topics regarding um, the anti-racist uh, curricula and those types of things. And, and boy, did people react like you, um, you know, like you insulted them personally and all just for standing up for things like equality and, uh, you know, basic humanity. So um, Kirsten's been really like brave and stepping up to the mic, literally, and uh, saying things that need to be said. You are, you have been, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Oh, I think it's kind of like not to circle back to the book festival or anything. The um, well, well, we had a little tagline that we didn't even work on as a marketing campaign or anything, but that everyone's a reader, and that's part of the challenge with the people that are banning books in the first place and the vitriol that we feel that's probably from two years of being at home and all sorts mm -hmm. of anxiety with each other and that we don't even know how to communicate anymore, that having third spaces like the library or the bookstore um, where you can just have a face-to-face -face with someone because face-to-face, -face, you're not going to scream and yell about Gina's book. You're going to look at it and go, oh, isn't that Oh, interesting. <laughs> that's a penis. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? I don't know. You know, like that's that's great, and that's the kind of stuff that we have to be able to do. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, if you read the Bible, there's some crazy stuff in there too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that is part of the thing about you know not turning people away. That right. even though there's yeah. a whole bunch of people that are now angry at our little store, those are the people that I actually kind of want to welcome into the store more than ever. And that's that's the only challenge that I personally have of, mm, I don't know how to deal with that part, but it, fear is a real thing, I suppose. Yeah, and, but I, I think it's too, and we are, let's, let's do circle back to the the, the uh, Leah Valley <laughs> Book Festival itself, um, because we're getting people in person. And can you talk a little bit about that what goes on like if i was coming down with my child and yes. what can i expect what what goes on at the leah valley book festival for 2022 and i, I just schedule programs up there, so. okay so i just go ahead, josh, like, josh wait josh go ahead um i it was interesting like when we started playing this and we knew it was going to be in person even that was still up in the air a little bit as recently as a couple months ago oh, oh my God, this, yeah yeah because we had we really had a, like Kirsten said, a sort of multi-venue, like multi, um, and we, and we were going to have people travel in and stuff. And then as recently as like, yeah, what, eight weeks ago, we we're like, I hope this happens. And um, we just, uh, so we scaled it all back and we decided to have it all in, in one day, one location. But we do have like something for everyone in every space of the library. There's going to be um, like a sort of an expo outside with vendors and music and, and then in the first floor is going to be a huge room for signing. That's going to be kind of like our bop, our pop-up bookstore for the day, our little <laughs> Let's Play Books Bethlehem uh, store in the first floor. And on the other side of that is going to be where we're going to be having a lot of our panels and our keynote um, addresses. We have two amazing keynote speakers bookending the festival. The uh, opening um, 
keynote is Dorothy Wickenden, who's the executive editor of The New Yorker uh, magazine, uh, which is amazing. She's also written um, a number of interesting books, including uh, this new one, uh, The Agitators, I believe it's called. And then um, Aaron Entrada Kelly, who is... Um, She's from Delaware. She's like from Jersey. Yeah, she's kind of like a friend of mine. So, like, I, oh, yeah, I love Erin. She's I, a friend too. I harassed her into coming, and um, she won the Newberry Award, which, like, if you're a children's book person, is like the Oscars, Times, sure. Grammys. Uh, so, gosh, I just have to say, you just buried the lead there. You were like, Erin and Trotta Kelly. She's from Delaware. Yeah, and she won the Newberry Award. And she won the Newberry. But Delaware, oh my God. I never met anyone from Delaware. Wait, you mean Delaware? <laughs> I, I never actual Delaware. State. coming I this whole way. Was, I suspected it was fake. I never knew it was like a real place. That blew my mind. Delaware. I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that, Jordan. I'm like, oh. and there was this. I thought you have to introduce her too. Hailing from Delaware. Yeah, I am going to introduce her. She said instead of doing a speech, she's going to be in conversation with Josh Burke. So you get yeah. what you, you get what you asked for. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna. About Delaware a lot, but yeah, <laughs> Aaron is fantastic, and so we have those two keynotes book ending. We have the outside, we have the uh bookstore, we have the um other panels and stuff. And then Kirsten can talk a little bit more about what we have for kids because the whole upstairs, uh, which you've, if you've been to the Bethlehem Area Public Library, is a beautiful children's center mm -hmm. and it has a lot of spaces up there too. And we're doing some really neat stuff for kids, and so I think um. Kirsten can probably explain that better than I can, but sure. Yeah. I, see Paul, I see Paul's name on here too. So yeah, Paul's moderating and Jordan's moderating and Paul's on a panel too. So double duty. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of grabbed everybody that was willing to do stuff to do more. And I think when we, <laughs> works. it does work, it does work. And cause originally we were only going to give, have one, even one room for the day, because like Jordan said, I mean, well, actually Jordan said, and um, Josh, that in the fall, when we were kind of doing the heavy lifting for the planning, because these books, you work with the publishers to get on their radar, to get people on tour, except for when you know Aaron, and then you just ask her to come. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the rest of us have to like do the work work to, you know, behind the scenes. Um, and then the Omicron variant came and it was like, okay, now we just have to try to figure out how to get through December. And then all of a sudden, like January 8th, we're like, we're going to do this, right? <laughs> sure, we can do this. Next thing you know, we have three rooms that have programming pretty much all day. So basically, the, the, the thing is, you can come with any member of your family from age zero to 110 and there will be something to do, somewhere to sit, something to listen to, something to dance to, all day long from 10 a.m. till five. So, and the like, there's that organization called, um, wait, what, oh, are they princesses? Called? what are the princesses called? A storybook no, party? Storybook party, which yeah. is an event planning Ooh. business here in the Lehigh Valley, who are amazing. Oh, yeah, I they, got them. Oh, yay. Wonderful. Oh, my daughter's in now. I'll show her like, this. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I was going to say, because George has a person in the house who's the right demographic for this. It's like Disneyland. Like the characters, um, are so they're so good. And so good. Lose their minds. And uh, it's really fun. And, and they also you know, promote books. And, and they we have a lot of, we're going to have like the, the whole room is going to be the little golden books uh, room for the day. Yep. Yes. Uh, and we're gonna have the um, we're gonna have superheroes and princesses and uh, some surprises and they really are they do such a good job. That was one of our few big events we had before the lockdown. We had that frozen event. Oh we, yeah, we had I like forgot about that. That was right before we had like a hundred oh, kids. Yeah. Out. Loved it. So yeah. yeah, if you have little ones, it's definitely something exciting. Yeah. And if um, yeah, so. There's nothing that works better than combining, you know, bringing literally a story to life for that ages three to seven. It's like gold and they just get so excited. And all the ones that are coming are signing the little golden books and Random House is supporting the effort. So it's just it's going to be awesome. Just speaking on my own is, is having a five year old who um, my wife every single night they read before they go to bed. Uh, we have a million different. We have a million different authors. A million different. Um, Good. Well, one of Adam Rubin is, is one of ours. Dragons love tacos. I sure. we reached out to him. You know, he's 
fantastic. Mom. But it's so fun that she's so invested in these stories as well because we hear about how tablets are you know, awful. And no, it's, it's a mix of these things and it's kind of mm -hmm. learning how they all coexist in our current, mm -hmm. you know, how we operate. Moderation. Moderation. It's, it's amazing to see how invested it she when she sees somebody reading or she's in that vibrant. In fact, in fact, we went to a, I think it was pre-COVID, we went to a Bethlehem area public library event at Arts Quest um, at the Banana Factory that Josh played guitar right. at. And yeah. my daughter was in the front row right before, and it was like, we can do this every week. <laughs> I, and, um, so having events like this come back for, I can speak as a parent, um, is great as well, because we live in a community where you have to go to Disneyland every week. And there's great events right. going on, you know, in, in these locations that are improving and, and getting better as time goes on. Like story oh, time is definitely at least half for the parents. I mean, you got like, I had toddlers, you know, and it's like, you gotta uh, get out of the house. <laughs> so, Tell me about it. Well, yep. great. I have a, a message. There's a comment here from Julia Brennan saying she's excited for Jordan's new book. So I feel like this is the perfect segue. Thank you, Julia. Me too. Let's, yeah, thank you, Julia. Let's start talking about um, what's coming up for each individual author as we wind down tonight. And then we'll close it off by, by reminding everybody about the upcoming festival. So, hey, Jordan, you're, you're on the hot seat then. Can you, you plug yourself? Tell me what's coming up for you and how people can get more info. Okay. So I have to tell you, I didn't know what it was going to be like writing, writing a memoir. Um, but, you know, I was trying to avoid writing about COVID. But what I found is it's so easy to write a memoir. I wish I had thought of this 13 books ago. Um, because normally when you're writing a novel, like I worry all night about what I'm going to write the next day. And like, I have to make it up. Right. And when you write a memoir, you don't see it. You just write down everything that happened in order and it happened. And you, it's, oh, wait, wait, I, I got to bring you up on screen. Here we go. There okay. we go. So it was like, I wrote this whole, well, this whole book. And then I finished and I was like, okay, that's fourth grade. Then what happened next? And I'm like, oh yeah, fifth and sixth grade. That's what happened next. Um, and so it's such a pleasure to write these, partly because the characters are people I really knew and loved, or in at least one case, knew and loathed. Um, but but the, the, the thrill of like my friends from fourth grade, I made a Facebook group, you know, and said like, what do you remember about field day in fourth grade? And my sixth grade friends, you know, what do you remember about Jeremy Stein's birthday party in sixth grade and whatever? And people just had tons of memories and it was so fun and so exciting to watch them come back to life. And I think, Part of being a writer is that you're a conduit for excitement. And if you can find that spark, that conduit, I was like, wow, you know, this girl Donna Benson is still really psyched to talk about what happened in sixth grade. If I can capture some of that, then then it's there's a little lightning in a bottle there. Um, because some of those themes are universal, even though the experiences are, are specific. So I'm really thrilled to get to talk about this stuff. And that book to me reads like the best kind of novel. Like Jordan had an eventful life. So I mean <laughs> His fourth grade year is like made for the pages. I love reading. His fourth grade oh, year is wild. But it really was. I mean, it starts out with like evil Knievel type stuff where he's like fly, literally flying through the air on a homemade ramp. It was the 70s. Wait, it was. <laughs> you got to listen to it on audio. If you haven't listened to that book on audio, do yourself a favor. I almost drove off the road. No so way. Funny. So, uh, and Jordan, Jordan is the narrator of the audio book. How about I didn't know that, Jordan. That was a wild COVID experience, and I'll let everyone else talk too. Um, <laughs> it was such a weird COVID experience. So I went in to do the audiobook narration for the first book. I've done both now. Hmm. But like I've never met my audiobook producer because it was during COVID. So like he was just in my cans, right? Yeah. He was in my headphones mm -hmm. uh for three days. <laughs> and like, so it was me and the engineer, you know. And the producer was in his home in Connecticut. And it was like the dis disembodied voice. Like, you know, I'd read a chapter and be like, how was it? And then it's like, this is God. You need More to go back and redo that line. <laughs> no, because he was just this imaginary disembodied guy in my earphones. Um, so that was, that was a strange experience during COVID doing the audiobook. Well, Paul, you were just- I, I, I want to keep embarrassing Jordan for a minute. Oh, I've never do. done this before in my life. I, I went on a long ride. I missed like several exits because I was laughing so hard. I got in the house and I picked up the phone and I, I've never, I'll never do this again. I just literally phoned Jordan. I was like, oh my God, what have you done? <laughs> I just, and I, I don't even write fan letters. Like it just seems weird. That was yeah, a awesome better endorsement. Yeah, I'm, was like, I'm very curious now. <laughs> it's a great book. It's a great Thank book. Thank you. <laughs>
Well, Paul, since you were just talking, can, can you uh, plug yourself a little bit? Sure, sure. I guess what's going on right now is In Honor of Broken Things, which just came out this week. Uh, it's very exciting. Um, as I've said to some people, it wasn't the book I meant to write. Uh, just before the pandemic, uh, I wrote um, this book. This is called Danny Constantino's First Date. I was sure this was my big breakout book. It's I love this I love book. book. It's funny. It's all the things. I was like, I nailed it. And the 13 people who've read it really like it. I read it. I love it. It's a staff pick. We love this book. I love that book. So my plan was to write another book that was sort of lively and fun and funny and just uh, uh, just that tone. And of course, as uh, the pandemic rolled across the world, it didn't seem like the world needed a, another middle grade romantic comedy. And uh, so it just, I ended up writing this book, which I'm told has some funny parts, which I'm happy about, but it's really about um, dealing with a broken world, which is what we've been in in the last couple of years and how, um, how, how you do that when you're a young person, especially, and uh, you're not equipped uh, as our, I don't think any of us are equipped right. for global pandemics or wars or loss or no. how do you, how do you uh, deal with it? Because you can't not, you're just, we're here. Right. So uh, for me, that was a, a, a an opportunity to think deeply about dealing. And uh, so it, it just came out this week and uh, so far so good. So I get to talk about it for a few weeks and start new projects too. So. And, and Gina, we talked a little bit about your book, but is there anything else you want to say along with it? Yeah, so I guess I get to be the slight bummer <laughs> and say that I don't have any books coming out right now. This is the one that I'm promoting because last year, because my book, I mean, this was the big one for me that came out last year in the middle of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, I mean, I was lucky enough to uh, headline the festival last year with my friend, um, Andrew, um, or AJ uh, is his pen name. And, um, and we did an event together for Let's Play Books um, for the, the, the online book festival. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, selling books can be hard. <laughs> and so I am currently in the middle of trying to get the next one sold. I can say, um, I also, um, so my first series, which is called Diary of a Fifth Grade Outlaw, um, which is an epic uh, book, which a lot of kids know because it's in a lot of elementary schools. Um, so I, uh, they have a series on epic of short stories called Creepy Cafetorium. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was gonna say it's they're all like the ones right here. Sorry, Kirsten's got them all. Just, yeah, she's got a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have a um, they have a, a short story series on there called Creepy Cafetorium. That's kind of like um, the Twilight Zone, but funny and for kids. And um, I've been lucky enough to write a few short stories for them for that series. Um, and so the first one just came out recently on the Epic app. And then the second one will be coming out. I'm not sure when they're working on the illustrations now. And then um, there is a book version that where they collected the short stories, the first one. And uh, I'll be lucky enough to have two stories in that second book when the time comes. So awesome. future, future stuff. Yeah. But well, that's it's so it's fantastic that you guys are all you know locally involved and doing all these fantastic things na nationally. Now, I want to give you the, the last hard question before we end up here. Um, if you're talking to a young author coming out like now, you know somebody who's maybe entering that world of thinking that they want to maybe possibly go down the road you're going down, um, and and even from Kirsten and Josh's perspective, could you all just give a, a piece of advice? I'll start with. Kirsten, I know I'm putting you on the spot, and I'm sorry. Oh, no. No, I love this this question because we get it all the time. A lot of people are, are self-published or trying to print their book or looking for an agent, et cetera, and our number one piece of feedback is um, assuming that you love writing and this is what you actually want to do, invest yourself in the industry. Learn about publishing. Don't just expect things to happen. 
but not these people. These people work. So, Scott, <laughs> I mean, it's um, it's a uh, I was gonna say it's a crazy time, but like, when has it not been? Um, and it can be daunting to try to to try to break in, but um, you know, there there's always an opportunity for people to tell stories, and I think that you know, as cheesy as it is, like you have to kind of like. You have to just kind of write what you love and 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 treat it like a gift that you made to give to others. Um, it's ultimately a product that you're trying to sell, sure, but like try to like approach it that way. Like here's here's something I, uh, the most like the greatest, funniest, beautiful, most beautiful, saddest thing, whatever that I could make, and I'd like to I'd like to share it with someone. Right, and it's so vulnerable, but yeah, yeah, it is. It's very vulnerable. Yeah, and well, um, well I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Josh, you were done. No, I was just gonna say I've you know. I, there's a lot of rejection and um, that's yeah. something that it's not easy for anyone at any stage of our careers. You still face it. And, uh, but you have to, um, yep. You just have to accept that that's part of it. There's no quick route. So. Paul. Yeah. I will read what you love. I mean, then you have to start there by reading. You just sort of read, 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 read what you love. And if you think you want to start making stories, um, I always tell people like, if you really love my books, all you have to do is be better than me. And I haven't, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't set the bar that high. Like when you, when you, when you look at some of these people in the area, like find an author you love and then be better than that, that woman, that man, and the good stories will, will lead you to success. And the other thing I always tell people is he's not here with us to see, maybe he's watching is read David Lubar. Today's David yeah. Lubar's birthday. Happy David birthday. Lubar. He's been on my, he's been on my, he's been on my podcast. He's been in this room. David knows him, how to do this job. He is a craftsman and an yes. artisan and an artist with a voice. And, and a uh, mensch. Yeah. He's yeah. a mensch. Yeah. Yes. And he, and he lives and in. Uh, you don't really Florida know. Florida. We, we probably all have how-to books and we've taken writing classes. But the lessons on how to write you can learn from reading good writing. And, and did you know David Lubar also like helped develop one of the Simpsons games? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. why like, initially we had him on. He's amazing. And now that we're talking David Lubar, for his birthday, I want everyone to go read the book. Character driven. Character driven. Yeah. So you can you can learn how to have this book. Yeah, so you can learn how to write good stories by reading good stories. You just That's have to pay stop. attention. Great point. I don't care if it's his birthday. Happy <laughs> birthday, David. Uh, Gina, I'm, I'm asking you the same it. question. <laughs> advice? Sure. Um, so I'd say, like, the number one thing that I wish I had heard more when I was a kid is just, um, like, anybody who dismisses you or tries to tell you that it's not possible, like just ignore them because we're all examples of people who probably had at least one person in their life. Like I personally had family member who was like very important to me. That was just like very, did not really believe that I would ever become an author that believed that that was for like a, top tier select very small group of people and that it wasn't going to be me. And, um, I, I mean, I've, they've since come around and especially since I proved them wrong, <laughs> um, then they were kind of like, Oh, okay. Well, I I'm laughing there it's so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like, uh, it was an honest thing where they were like, I am so glad you didn't follow my advice, which is a lucky and rare thing to have yeah. come around. Um, but, um, but as a little kid in college, all through those years, it was definitely a hard thing to, um, hear. And I just want to say, like, if, if you really, if you spend enough time doing it, if you do enough of the work, if you do enough reading, if you do enough writing, and if you keep, keep reading, keep reading books, like for fun, but also read so that you can figure out what you think works and what doesn't work in a story and um and use it as as work time really too and then apply what you learn from those books to your own writing and just don't let rejection keep you down like i i i don't know i there's been a lot on twitter recently about people posting their publishing getting to publishing story mm -hmm. and um i've 
been reluctant to share it because mine's short <laughs> and not like as much of the like it took a really long time thing like i kind of in the beginning of 2016 i mean it's not true because i was writing a really 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 long time and it took me a long time to get to children's books but in 2016 i basically said like i'm gonna be i want to get an off i want to be an author i'm going to do everything i can and that year i wrote i think at least like four books in the first six months and then like met somebody later that year wrote two more for them couldn't get it quite the right thing and then puberty ended up while it was my last book published it was my first book sold um and it took uh, you that many that many large like who writes one book it took you that many books to write to get to that you know yeah exactly well, that kind yeah. Of perseverance is yes that's well, what i was gonna say like it's a it's a small period of time but i'm also a fast condensed writer so i don't think it's a great example because <laughs> some people it takes even a couple years to write their first book, let alone. Um, and so, yeah, just put the time in and just keep keep doing it and set set it as your number one goal and you'll achieve it. Like it just, it can take time, but um, you know, that doesn't mean that it's not worth going after. And that it doesn't mean that just because people in your life tell you it's not possible doesn't mean it isn't possible, so. And Jordan, same question to finish this out. Okay, so I always think about this in terms of the kids I meet on school visits, and I think about like, so Julia Brennan, who's commented a couple of times and is an amazing employee of, of the Bethlehem Area Public Library now, um, I knew her when she was a kid, and she was this incredible book enthusiast. Um, and I think about those kids and the responsibility we as authors have when we meet a kid who has that gleam in their eye, that they're a book lover. Um, and these kids come up to you at, at school visits, and um, they'll say like, how do you become an author? How do I, you know, and I always tell them, the number one thing you have to remember, like, like, okay, you have to read a ton. You have to write a ton. You, you know, I used to write skits and short stories and poems and plays and songs and whatever you can. Right. But the most important thing I always tell teenagers, specifically kids specifically is you're not, your goal isn't to get famous when you're 13. Your goal is to get good now, you know? And so for the, for the young people who are listening, um, the, I, I feel like there's this tremendous pressure now in this TikTok world to get famous when you're 12. Um, but and when I was growing up, that wasn't the pressure. The pressure was like, get good now, unless you're S.E. Hinton, right? <laughs> Everyone else, get good now, and then you'll be ready to write when you're, you know, when when the when the right story gets in front of you. Um, and so that's my ultimate message, I think, to kids: read a ton, write a ton, and don't worry about getting famous now. Worry about getting good. I think that's great. I mean, you know, still still do your TikToks. You never know. You might. <laughs> It might be a better way to go. Oh, no. I, 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 guys, honestly, 100%. Thank you so much for looking forward to the Leah Valley Book Festival on March 26th, uh, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Bethlehem Public Library. You can see the link there. I dropped it in the chat. So it'll also be in the show notes of this uh, podcast episode. Go to letsplaybooks.com and you'll find it there. Uh, I want to make sure that we thank our partners that make us able to do these live streams and podcasts. Arts Quest, Molly's Irish Grill and Sports Pub, and of course, Michael Bernadine with Remax Realty. You can get in touch with me. You can email me directly at george at leahvalleywithlovemedia.com. If you would like to sponsor uh, or get in touch with us and do one of these, this is a lot of fun. Uh, I want to thank all of you. Thank you guys so much. This was great. This is one of the, my most favorite streams ever. We've <laughs> just a lot of great information, and it's an honor, honestly, to uh, to meet with you who are doing so many of these uh, things locally, I mean, obviously nationally and people all over the world can read your books, but it's an honor, you know, the fact that you're going to be here and able for, for your fans and people to meet. And thank you to Kirsten and Josh for allowing this to happen and getting it together. You say you're going you're gonna to say something. Go ahead. I was just going to say that the festival is 100% free for everyone. Well, that's that's important. really important. Yeah. 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 Tickets, just come on and enjoy. Books but you should still them. shop at Let's Play Books. Well, of course, <laughs> buy a book while you're You can buy a book while you're there. Yeah. We would love for people to buy books. And get a library card. And yes. 100%. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you guys so much, honestly. And uh, sit tight. We're going to stop the live stream. Sit tight. Uh, and thank you, everybody who watched tonight. We had a lot of fun comments in here. We appreciate you watching these streams and um, you know communicating with us and engaging it makes us want to do more. So we're looking forward to being on even on site and live for the, uh, the uh, book festival as well. Thank you, everybody. Have a fantastic evening. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. <laughs>